Welcome to the Red Light Report, your number one source for all things red light therapy, where you will learn how to optimize your health, wellness, and longevity with the power of photobiomodulation. I'm your host, Dr. Mike Belkowski. All right, guys, welcome to another podcast episode of the Red Light Report. And on today's episode, I have the owner and founder of Atlanta Men's Clinic. Um, It's a men's health and anti-aging clinic that uses testosterone replacement therapy, human growth hormone, peptides, and other wellness services such as NADIV and other things to maximize performance. So we're going to get into the nitty gritty details of all those different treatments. Uh, But without further ado, welcome to the Red Light Report, George Matthews. Thank you. Nice to be here. Nice to meet you, my friend. Likewise. So, so George, just give us a, a, a little background on who you are, you know, your, your knowledge and education background, how and why you started Atlanta Men's Clinic, as far as how you got it to where it is today. So the, the, it's a bit of a, a long-winded story, but I, I grew up in uh, the New York, New Jersey area. I kind of migrated to Atlanta, Georgia with my parents right after high school and started school here went to uh, North Georgia and then to UGA for a little bit. I got out of school uh, before I graduated and started doing a lot of uh, tech stuff, different tech stuff that I was interested in. I didn't know where I was going at the time. It was kind of new uncharted stuff. So we kind of, everybody was kind of learning on the go. Uh, The stuff I was interested in was kind of like stuff that had to do with cars and, and, and things that like piqued my interest when I was growing up. So I tried to apply the technology stuff to the things I was interested in. And that kind of brought me down the path of being able to program engine computers and cars and things like that. So I would be part of these race teams and I would take their race cars and I would build, I would, I would program using uh, my computer and my software and things like that. As I kind of progressed through that a bit, I kind of veered off the other way. And I got involved with other athletes in other in other sports, uh, mixed martial arts and things like that. And what I, as I got more entrenched in that, I started to look to apply the technology stuff I learned to to something that related to that. It wasn't as clear at the time because it's not like you know a car is a, has got computers and it's very easy to kind of plug in and and, and kind of make a path uh, in that niche. This was a bit different because you're dealing with athletes who, you know, there's not a computer in a, in a mixed martial arts cage, none of that stuff. But what, what was happening at the time was a social media revolution that was kind of happening. It had kind of been going on, but Instagram, Facebook, and all of these things kind of started building up. And so uh, I caught the wave with that. And as that progressed, I kind of, I started studying those algorithms and how to make that technology work with the other stuff I was I was using. So I started working on you know different Facebook accounts and there was no insights at the time. So you had to kind of figure out everything as you you know as you went. You 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 didn't know who your users were, where they were looking from. And I was kind of blindfolded. But once we had insights, it was like the world opened up and I could see what was going on. At that point, I, I had kind of made my 
footprint in the newer sport of like with the UFC and things like that, because that sport didn't kind of come, it didn't really find its mainstream footprint until the mid to late 2000s. So I kind of caught that wave as well. So I was kind of right place at the right time uh, with the right people. Like I, I met Ronda Rousey when she, when she was nobody and kind of like a lot of these figures, like from, from John Jones, Conor McGregor, all these different people that I kind of met all along the way up until now. And so I started managing a lot of their social media accounts. First, a lot, a lot of big name fighters and athletes as I figured out the Facebook algorithm. And then as I started applying my technology for the, the, the stuff I had accumulated over the years. And then as the social media stuff progressed, I started figuring out Google and then it's kind of morphed into this giant thing. And what happened was, is um, again, just right place at the right time. I had, I had a few attorneys that saw my model that was working for these athletes and these entertainers. It was a proprietary model that was making them a lot of money. And he said, Hey, does your model work for like a regular business? What if I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a lawyer, I'm a doctor, but can, can your model you know, can, can we, can it work? And I said, I don't know. I've never, I've always been under lock and key to these athletes, entertainers. So I'm not sure whether it works, but let me see. So I started looking and sure enough, I noticed that not only does it work, but it's actually even easier because the entertainment front was, is uh, monopolized by such platforms like ESPN, NBC, Fox, Fox Sports, big time players that have thousands of staff, TMZ, they've got a lot of resources. Um, and so you're, you're, you're fighting a, a lot of juggernauts, right? Now you can fight these small businesses here. And while they can be very, very, very strong businesses, they will never be as strong as ESPN, not digitally, at least. Maybe, you know, they, they could be very strong in their city, but they will never be able to fight me digitally like the way ESPN's platform will. So it was almost like, um, it was almost an unfair fight. Like, cause I was just, I, 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 I noticed that there was an in. So um, one of the niches I saw based on my work with all of these fighters was regenerative medicine from like, I started competing and fighting myself. And then I was like, well, you know, some of these things could be beneficial. So I, I basically fused two worlds that I had kind of, uh, caught the wave on and took the regenerative medicine world. And then that I was dealing with, with mixed martial arts and uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu and all these different facets of, of MMA. And I fused it with, I said, well, I can use my digital model to open a clinic that focuses on these specific modalities that can help all of these people. And then again, it's a, it works in parallel and it, it just kind of snowballed into that. And while obviously it wasn't a smooth progression, it's been a lot of fall on your face here, there, pivot over here. But uh, all things said, it was a, it's been an interesting climb to where I'm at and it's not done yet, but yeah, it's, it, it's just interesting how, you, you know, starting from one spot from when I moved here and then now, you know, in a completely different area. So how many years did it take? Are we talking a decade or two decades or what was that path from, I guess, working with cars to where you are now? I started with cars in 2002 and okay. I opened the clinic in 2018. So how many years from uh, when you made that switch of 
you wanted to kind of look into this health and wellness realm to when you started the clinic? So the clinic was officially named and everything in 2006. I had this December 18th, 2016, because I remember everything with the clinic and my everything that I've done digitally has a very specific roadmap. Um, so I remember exactly like when I coined this, when this happened, when this happened, because it's all has technical stuff behind it. But yeah, that was done in late 2016, second or third week of 2016. And then I, I started building the website the day after new, I, I said I would take new year's day off because what people didn't realize was that was that to figure out these algorithms with Facebook was there's other digital agencies that do what I do. I don't really take on clients like that because I, I kind of didn't, it didn't intend for it to be like that. So there's all, a lot of other digital agencies that, that they do do that. That's their, like, they're trying to get clients or things like that. But what I did notice is that what the difference is, is that in order to really figure out digital, you have to stare at it like almost insistently. You have to be like, almost have no life. So when I was doing this stuff, running the social media accounts for these entertainers and celebrities, the way I was able to leverage these social media algorithms and the uh, you know search engines was because I worked and had the staff working on an 18 hour day, seven day a week clock. It didn't matter whether it was Christmas, New Year's, Thanksgiving, Passover. I didn't care. That was the hours you got off at 3 a.m. And then we start. So the only hours that we weren't watching analytics and and interpolating data was those like five or six hours. And it was off peak times. And that that way we had massive amounts of data to to make uh, adjustments. Whereas I, the agencies that do this, I think a lot of them shut their laptops off at six o'clock and then leave and then open them back up at 9 a.m. And then you've missed the whole, you've missed everything. It's a bit OCD, <laughs> but it's what I felt like. Out of I necessity, had. right? Yes, out of necessity, yeah. So with that type of a lifestyle, I was just thinking as you're saying this, mm-hmm. did you notice any impact or ramifications to your health? I mean, were you staying up until 3 a.m.? And were you in front of these blue lit screens, obviously all day, every day, right? So did you notice anything health-wise? Yes, I did. <laughs> yeah. And that was me constantly. Yeah. I, I, I was, I was with them in the trenches the whole way. Yeah, I did. Uh, you know, you just get run down. It's just too much volume, but my propensity again, from like training, I burned the candle at both ends, you know, already this today. I mean, I was up at 5.00 AM. And I've already done two workouts today and I'll do a third one tonight. I, I, I just push it knowing like, okay, this is what has to be done. This is what has to be done. This is what has to be done. It doesn't mean that it's good, but as this kept going and kept going and kept going, yes, you, you see yourself slipping. So there is a breaking point of where it's just too much. And yeah, you know, the thing is, is that you can, you can do things to kind of help alleviate these things, but the end of the day, even if you could do all these therapies uh, that my clinic offers and all these things, no, you still have to sleep. You know, you still have to sleep. Otherwise you can band-aid them. Like you can take testosterone and it'll give you your energy and you can operate like a lot of people. Remember when I was, oh, when I was younger, I could get up, I could go out drinking all night and I could go to work the next day and I could sleep three hours and it would be the same thing. And I could rinse and repeat that night. 
It's like, well, why can't you do it now? You know, well, because it's not the same now, right? Well, if you if your testosterone level goes back up, it allows you to do that, um, and you can kind of burn the candle at both ends for a while, but you still need to sleep. So yeah, I, I started to notice a lot of things that would slip after a while. Well, let's just hop right in to what your clinic offers. And you were just talking about testosterone. So let's start there. So let's just start from the beginning. What is testosterone replacement therapy? Um, is it just for men? What are the benefits? What are the side effects? Uh, just give us some background on that. So testosterone replacement therapy has been getting more popularized throughout the years. A lot of the commercials that you see that are very um, over the top, you know, like, you know, uh, that are addressing ED, sexual dysfunction and things like that. Those are some of the, the more popularized ones that people discuss. Testosterone replacement therapy has probably has a stigma attached to it, mostly because of those things. People, uh, you'll be surprised about the amount of patients that will call us and think, well, yeah, but I don't need testosterone because I, I don't have that problem. It's like, well, it has really nothing to do with just that. It's at starting at the age of 30, men's testosterone levels will start to incrementally decline each year. It could decline more rapidly than some others. So, you know, it, it's all over the map. But as you start to decline, that natural aging is where you'll start, oh, I'm more tired now. Oh, I'm more this now. And you think it's just normal. But it's actually not. It's, it's normal in the sense that as you age, your testosterone levels drop, but it doesn't have to be like that. You know, you can optimize this. You can bring your levels back to that safely of when you were younger and you can feel like you were when you were younger. There are risks and drawbacks to everything, but the positives uh, without for a healthy person whose labs are in order, the benefits are too many to count. Your energy, the mental clarity, your confidence, uh, along with the obvious ones, you know, um, sexual function, your strength increases, lean, lean body mass, uh, fat burning, metabolism. Uh, there's just so many. It's, it's, it's pretty life-changing, especially if you're somebody who's been clinically low for so long that you don't, you've forgotten what it feels like to be normal. That's when you come back two weeks later and you're like, I got my life back. Like I literally got my life back. Hey there, guys. So I know you're excited to learn about red light therapy, but I'm betting that you're also interested in finding a high-quality red light therapy device. Well, look no further than my company, BioLite. But don't take my word for it. Listen to the thousands of customers that have come before you and have chosen BioLite because of its unprecedented combination of high light power, low EMF emission, and low light flicker. So you're not only getting the most effective treatment option, but the safest as well. And there's many sizes to choose from. There's handheld devices, tabletop models, and even full body panels. So there's definitely a size to match your lifestyle and health and wellness goals. As an added bonus, you can claim a $100 value gift at checkout when you use coupon code REDLIGHTPODCAST. Just go to www.biolight.shop, choose whichever device is going to match your health and wellness needs, and use coupon code REDLIGHTPODCAST to claim your $100 gift. Again, that's www.biolight.shop. So it's it, it's not necessarily just for men, but the predominant uh, hormone for men is testosterone. You know, women have a small amount of testosterone. And while it's not completely uncommon for, for women to get testosterone replacement therapy, they don't typically 
end up needing testosterone uh, like men do because they don't have that gradual decline that, that men deal with. So for the men that do have a more precipitous fall off with their testosterone levels, why are their levels dropping so quickly? What lifestyle behaviors, diet, or, or what else is contributing to a more rapid decline in their testosterone levels than the, the gradual quote unquote normal decline that most men see? So a number of different things can contribute to this. This is why lab work isn't always the end all be all. Your previous lifestyle. So we, if you're a 40 year old man and you're, oh, I'm, I'm not feeling that great now. Let me go get my levels checked. We check your levels. It's like, okay, I'm low. Okay. I'm, I'm very low. Okay. So you, you can go through treatment. Okay. So we can bring you back up, but the next guy might not be in the same area as you. Why is he a little bit different? Well, maybe you don't sleep at all. Maybe you have an extreme amount of stress that you've been dealing with for a very long time, whether it's marriage, family, death in the family, maybe you abuse drugs, alcohol, those will kill your testosterone. It's a very common killer for your testosterone is people who abuse drugs previously, and then it messes up your, your hormones. People that have abused steroids, which would count as drugs, that's, that's very common. There's guys that have used testosterone and done it without the help of a physician and just gone to their LA fitness. That's very common for people to say, oh, I, my buddy told me your buddy is not a doctor. And so you listen to your buddy and now they, they take these insane levels of testosterone. They take them without any estrogen block or any HCG or anything like that, that would kind of keep your normal testosterone production, production moving. And it, it messes them up. And, and so a lot of people just make some mistakes um, and don't realize the, the consequence to it. And so that stuff like that can accelerate it as well. Of course, trauma, if you, if you've, you know, sur multiple surgeries and things like that, that, that can mess you up as well. So relative to people uh, utilizing testosterone replacement therapy, are you worried about the endogenous production being ruined because of that or the feedback loops that are utilized with endogenous production? Are you worried about that being altered to such a detriment that it's not worth it or that it's quote unquote dangerous? I am concerned about it with many other testosterone replacement therapy clinics. I'm not concerned about it with the way we do treatment. We're the most thorough when it comes to this. Uh, what I was just saying just now was that, you know, if you're taking something like HCG, that will keep your natural testosterone production in line. So Let's say, you know, a uh, man comes in, he's on testosterone replacement therapy for a while. He tells uh, our doctors or our, our nurses, and he says, my, my wife and I want to have a kid. We would pull him off of the testosterone replacement therapy because you want your sperm count to be higher, right? So that way he could go do his thing. You know, now, if we did not have him on HCG, that kept his testicular function actually producing testosterone while he was on, on therapy, the fall off for him would be like off of a cliff. We take his testosterone away, his testosterone levels would drop, his, his testicles would not know to produce more testosterone because they've, the entire time, they've, they've shut off because 
They're like, we don't need to work because we're getting this outside source. So that is very common. And it's really common now uh, because you see a lot of these hormone replacement therapy clinics offering cheap testosterone replacement therapy, and they're cutting certain things out, stuff like that, stuff like HCG or monitoring closely uh, so that they can skate corners and cut costs and give you treatment and say, Hey, but they're too expensive. We're very, we're cheap, but you always get what you pay for. And um, when it comes to your hormones and your body, you should always uh, be very, very, very thorough. So what does the typical treatment look like as far as length or duration or frequency per week or month? You know, what does that look like? And what are the, the typical levels that person comes in with and what do you want to see them leaving with when they're done? So if you, if, if you look on the internet, most places will say normal hormone or testosterone levels for men, uh, for healthy men is between 300 and 800, 300 and 900, somewhere in that range. That is a giant range. Okay. So doesn't really tell you a lot. If some guy comes in at 300, some guy comes in at 700. It's like, well, they're going to feel, they may feel very different. They may, the guy at 300 may, may not feel much worse than the guy at 700. It's all depends on the person. Right. So we're just looking at numbers. So, so when I, I, I look at numbers and I'm like, okay, those are numbers. So it's a combination of your numbers, your symptoms, your goals, and uh, how you're feeling with treatment, you know? So most people will come in, in the three to 400 range for like, if we're just talking a very general guideline, we're low, I'm in my mid forties, fifties, here's where my range is at those levels change depending on when you test the person, whether it's in the morning or whether it's the afternoon, your testosterone levels are going to be higher in the morning. So we like to test people in the morning when it's at its peak. Again, some clinics will, will, will ask you to come and test in the afternoon, knowing that you're going to be lower and that they can qualify you for treatment. And then, so it's, it's not just a number but yeah, most guys will come in in that range in terms of the dosage, usually about 150, but that's where our standard. But again, it just depends. So if I take a guy and his testosterone level, his total testosterone level is 400 and we give him a standard dose of 150 for four weeks. So we test him, he's low, we give him treatment for 30 days. And then I, we re, what we do is retest, we retest you at 30 days to see how the standard dose did for you and then see how you're feeling. And, and then we will adjust from there. Now, uh, if that guy started at, at 400 and we're giving him 150 a week, it doesn't necessarily mean that on month one, his levels are going to be 750. You know, he might go from uh, in 30 days, he may just go up to 480. The another guy might be the exact same numbers, and we might bring him from 400 to 650. We might bring another guy from four to seven. So it just depends. And then, and then you have to look at it like again, we're just talking numbers, right? I, I've got guys who are like their levels are 500 with treatment, and they feel perfectly fine. But I have guys who are, if I bring, if, if we have them below 850, they feel like death. 
That's the way their body functions. And that's the way their body is, it, it produces testosterone and that's, that's, that's just how they function. So it's not a one size fits all, which is why, again, it's a combination of your lab work, your, the protocol that, that you guys have put in place as a clinic, and then understanding your patient's symptoms and their goals to, to see that the treatment is, is effective for them. Right. So it's not an, and it's not a one, like you said, one size fits all. It's an N equals one. Everyone's body operates differently. Thus they have to be treated differently. Absolutely. Yeah. And we talked about this, George, briefly before uh, we started recording, as far as if you utilized red light therapy or not, and it sounds like not yet, but I did just want to mention a couple of people that I know that have utilized red light therapy to boost their testosterone levels. Cause right now there's not a lot in the research. It's kind of scant. Uh, there's some stuff here and there, but it's really not where it needs to be for anyone to develop a, uh, let's say a protocol or, you know, safer definitive, uh, yes or no, that it does work, but there's a lot, a bit, or at least quite a bit of anecdotal evidence that red light therapy does help improve testosterone levels. And so, let me know if these numbers make sense or if they're impressive or not, you know, just for using red light therapy. So one guy, he used it for three months. He did it for eight minutes a day. He used both red and near infrared light and he saw his testosterone levels increase by 200. Mm -hmm. So over three months, that seems pretty decent, right? A a 200 point increase over your baseline, I would say would be significant. Yes. Yes. And then another guy, this guy used to be a professional uh, MLB pitcher, and he had his levels taken on Wellness FX. Looks like he was hovering around, you know, mid 400s, low 500s for for years, 2015, 16, 17, 18, 19. And during that period, he was still playing uh, in the MLB, I believe. Mm -hmm. Then he started using red light therapy, and it jumped up from looks around 510 to 680. So I don't know if that was over the course of a year or if it was just a different calendar year, but it jumped about 170 points once he started using red light therapy. So again, it's just anecdotal evidence. It's not scientific research, but it's pretty interesting, the potential that red light therapy and non-invasive, quote unquote, safe uh, treatment, you know, the potential that it has for boosting testosterone. Yeah, I, I would say so, you know, and, and a lot of these things are, are starting to pop up now um, because, again, there, as people are, we need, we need to start testing more stuff like that thoroughly because, again, we're not going to be able to go outside the box with certain things. Um, maybe, you know, again, we're talking anecdotal, but let's say it wasn't anecdotal. Let's say it was definitive, right? Let's say it was a clinical trial. I was like, no, this is proven maybe you would be introducing much less testosterone to somebody and using that versus such a high dosage. There's a lot of different ways to look at that. So, and, and, and again, I kind of liken that to like, you know, if you make dietary changes, you can boost your testosterone levels, right? You know, would you not want to make dietary changes to your test? You know, so of course I, I, I kind of like, look at those in, in very similar, like, you know, you'd, you'd want to do both. You know, if I knew there was something that could definitively do it, that didn't require a shot, you know, or anything, or introducing anything. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Totally. So with, with that being said, let's move on from testosterone replacement therapy. What is your other or your second most popular treatment that you provide? 
So um, I'd st- really, there's there's three of them. NAD therapy, it's a molecule that has been clinically proven to reverse your uh, biological clock. It's clinically proven uh, at Harvard School of Anti-Aging, uh, Dr. David Sinclair. You know, that's been one of the most popular ones. Reverses DNA damage uh, in your brain, can curb and suppress addiction. It's, a, it's, it's pretty amazing. So that's been very popular. And the other one that's been very popular is uh, stem cell. And stem cells have been popular because it's a completely non-invasive uh, therapy that can change around uh, a lot of ailments that you've been dealing with your whole life, whether it's tissue related or, or, or other things, you know? So those also work in, in harmony together, you know, because NAD will increase your stem cell count. So when patients are doing stem cell therapy, particularly via an IV, we will have the, an IV bag with NAD dripping as well during the treatment. So uh, that is just to maximize things. But yeah, those, those two have been extremely popular. Yeah. And let's, so let's go into NAD specifically for a little bit here, because what we see with reduced NAD levels is dysfunctional mitochondria because it's just part of the electron transport chain. Um, like you said, it leads to advanced aging, poor intracellular communication, DNA degradation. So what type of person typically goes in for that NAD treatment? Is it mostly men? Cause I know it's a, it's a men's clinic or do you get a fair amount of females as well for the NAD treatment? I get both. Yeah. I mean, obviously because it's a men's health clinic and a lot of them are coming already for other services, they will end up coming for NAD as well, but it's, I, I get both uh, because it's, it's, it's universal. Uh, what they're coming in for depends. Um, I've, I've got people that, that, that are coming in for many different things. The most popular thing is anti-aging. Everyone wants to stay young. Nobody wants, you know, uh, they want to live forever, right? That's their, that's their thing. Right. You kind of get a lot of different, you know, again, there's people that are coming in for, to, to suppress addiction. There's uh, people that are coming in for anxiety, things like that, neuro, other neurological things, uh, athletic performance, it boosts endurance, and things like that. So uh, I get it all over the map. And then, and then some people are using twofold. They're like, oh, well, you know, I wanted to help with this, but I also think it will help me with this too. So they're, it's like multifaceted. And then I think a lot of the services are multifaceted, including uh, red light therapies. You know, if you're like, oh, it will help me with this, but it could also help me with this too. And so they're kind of looking to um, kill two birds with one stone. Totally. So what would a person notice after a treatment to have NAD? I've done NAD myself. I, the first two, I, I think I'm kind of like waiting to see, like, I'm like, what am I feeling? What am I feeling? What am I feeling? Third one kind of put me over the top. That was when I was like, okay, I feel really good. My slit, my sleep was much, much, much better. Everything felt better. Like my endurance felt better. I, uh, my, I just felt really good. It, it takes a few sessions. Um, you're, you're restoring NAD levels. So it's not like, um, you know, oh, you're one and done. I'm getting a, a B12 shot. You feel your B12? Good. Go on about your day. Um, and, and then again, you know, depending on how deficient you are, you know, um, the, the therapy and the protocol for it is, is vastly different depending on what you're coming in there for. So for somebody coming for anti-aging, the protocol might 
have might be giving them maybe 250 to 500 uh once a week for four four to six weeks right an addiction patient will come and he will get more than double that dosage um and he will need maybe seven to 14 of those and they will have to be back to back to back to back days meaning that he's gets an IV. they get a three to four hour ID IV for seven to 14 days straight. And uh, so that's, it's vastly different in, in that regard, but that they're coming in for very different things. Why does the addiction patient need more AD? So um, what it happens is that the depletion of NAD um, apparently is what is what, what triggers that the craving to do more drugs. So as we bring your NAD levels back up, the cravings go back, the cravings go down, uh, which I've witnessed uh, in my clinic. I, I, I specifically actually, one of the first patients that we ever had come in for addiction, his uh, fiance bought him in and he was on everything under the sun. You know, she's like, he's on cocaine, he does heroin, he smokes weed. He's an alcoholic. He does everything that you can possibly think of. Smokes cigarettes. He's full tilt. By the third session, she came in that morning and she pulled my aunt, my nurse practitioner aside and she said, hey, he woke up at two o'clock in the morning and was cooking food. He's eating again. He threw away his cigarettes this morning. It's like, you, it, it, it's working. And so he, and, and that's what he told our staff. He's like, I, I don't even feel like I want this anymore. I'm, I feel, I feel so much better now. So to, to, to kind of get the initial bump out of those cravings is what you want to do. So uh, again, you know, addiction, it's, there's so many different layers to that. You know, we're talking about the physical side of that, you know, so I don't want, I don't want it to come across like, Hey, look, I, I cured this man of his addiction. And I got him in three days. Look, he was on everything. Come talk to me. I'll cure you in three days. It's a combination of psychotherapy too, that a person like that will probably need, you know, meetings, counseling, you know, what we're trying to do is kind of give that breakthrough so that you can say, all right, I'm done with this. And now I have the support system to kind of guide me through this journey. Um, so again, what you're coming in there for is, 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 is very different. But yeah, that's that's why the therapy and the dosage amount and the duration would, would be so different. Gotcha. Makes sense. And then you were talking about stem cell therapy and kind of just tell us what that looks like, a, a typical treatment and, and what kind of results people are seeing. So stem cell therapy is like, to me, is a generic term, right? So if you were to go into your search engine right now and say, oh, I'm going to find stem cell therapy, you'll find a bunch of clinics that are offering stem cell therapy. Now, there's nothing wrong with what they're doing outside the fact they're being a little bit disingenuous what they're offering, right? It is stem cell therapy. It is correct, right? You know, I could also say that I'm going to take you for a steak and I could take you to Applebee's and get a steak, or I could say, we're going to go to Ruth Chris and we're going to get a steak and it'd be inherently different experience, right? So what they're selling um, based based on regulations in this country, there, a lot of these clinics are only able to use bone marrow stem cells um, and other forms of stem cells. <laughs> the most effective form of stem cell stem cells 
right now are cord blood stem cells. Uh, for treating like big tissue damage um, and other ailments, you know, you need cord, cord blood stem cells is where it's at. Uh, doctor, if you, if you listen to Joe Rogan's podcast, he has Dr. Neil Reardon on there. He's a PhD. He is the world stem cell expert. He is using cord blood stem cells. This is why. The problem with cord blood stem cells, again, is the regulation in this country. It is not how they're harvested. It is how you can administer. So the FDA says that in order to administer the cord blood stem cells, you know, you need to have a spe- you need to have special uh, licensing. The biological company that you're getting it through needs to have what's called an IND, which stands for investigational new drug. Doctors cannot get this IND, even if you're an MD or a DO, it's extremely hard to get. And so it's limited the scope of who can administer stem the really beneficial stem cell therapy, which is why people are traveling out of the country to go get stem cells in Panama and South America and things like that, where they can go get the therapy and they don't have to deal with any of these things like that. So our physician here happens to be one of the only physicians in the country with an IND who can administer stem cells and does research and peer-reviewed journals and is published he he has the ability to get the the stem cells and administer them and he's the he's an expert has uh worked with dr reardon we want to make sure that we offer the best experience the most beneficial experience so we wanted to to offer uh something that no one else could and that's what we've done kind of like we talked about with nad what are the quote-unquote typical people that come in specifically for stem cell uh, treatments and what's their before and after so uh, people will come in for, uh, again, very different things. Well, so most people are coming in because they, they have some sort of tissue damage, right? So it's, uh, oh, my shoulder, uh, my shoulder is hurting, my knee is messed up, my hip. And so then we will do an ultrasound. Uh, we can see the damage. We can put the stem cells directly into the spot, promote the healing, no surgery needed. And you're, you're right back in business. I think as I... Rogan has seen it. I've seen it too. You know, he saw a, a rotator cuff fully torn off the bone, stem cells injected into the shoulder, and the MRI was given ninety days later, and there was no tear. It was like the tear never happened. Wow. So it was completely gone back to normal. Um, I've seen that as well. Uh, I, I just I, I just healed two of my friends' shoulders. They've been bothering them for ten years, fully torn, completely. Like back. you're saying, no surgery necessary. Like like if you looked at the MRI, it would be you you'd think that you'd like oh you never had an injury. You'd be like you never had one. It's pretty amazing. I myself have done IV stem cell. And I will just explain to you my, my experience because I tell people about this and they're, I'm not embellishing this because it's like, it, so I had IV stem cell therapy a year ago. I had, I had spinal fusion surgery. And uh, after years and years of fighting and being thrown on my head, I had to get some neck, I had to get some discs fused. I got ACDF, uh, C4, 5, and C5, 6, two level fusion. I had that done on a Monday morning. Uh, on Tuesday, after Tuesday at one o'clock, I went to go get IV stem cells. And 
went home, like I'm, so I'm 36 hours, I'm like, you know, 36 hours post-op. I went to sleep that night. Uh, finally, my hours were a little bit screwy after surgery and anesthetic. I fell asleep around midnight and I woke up. I remember, forget, I woke up at 2.30 in the morning and I opened my eyes and I had full-blown electricity running through my body from head to toe, like I could spit lightning bolts electricity. I was like, what the hell is going on? It was pulsating from the top of my head to my toes. It felt amazing. I felt no pain. I had a cervical collar, a cage and four pins in my neck and had no pain. And I felt like I could get up, take the collar off and go spar rounds. It was amazing. All right. So I, I just couldn't believe what I was feeling. And so I, I grabbed my phone and I start texting my doctor because we're, we're friends and I started texting and I sent him a long winded text message about electricity flowing through my body. And then I looked at this text message and was like, he's going to think I'm crazy. So I'm not going to send this. So I put my phone down, ended up falling asleep, woke up at nine 30 in the morning. My phone is ringing and it's him. And I pick it up and I said, well, I was about to text you last night. I just want to tell you. And he goes, I just want to see how you're feeling after the stem cells. So I explained everything I was feeling about the electricity and everything like that. And he started laughing and he said, and he said, Hey, uh, I'll let you in on something. I have three family members that I treated and fixed their autoimmune disease with IV stem cells. And I, and he said, all three of them told me they woke up with electricity running through their body. And so it's completely normal. And I spent, I ended up speaking to a few other people that got treated via IV for autoimmune disease in other places. And they, they were like, yes, I had electricity running through my body. And then lo and behold, I listened to Dan Blazarian, that guy on Instagram, talk about IV stem cell. And he said the exact same thing. He said, I woke up and I had electricity running through my body. And I, he said he walked over to the squat rack and immediately squatted 40 pounds more than his max. And wow. uh, yeah, that was a pretty... It's a, it's a pretty, I've never experienced anything like that. And I've had eczema since I was like three years old. I was taken overseas to get this treated, like in India, these Ayurvedic treatments and all sorts of things. Had it my whole life, my entire life, literally until the day he gave me the stem cells. And then it was gone. I've never had it since it's been gone. So, I've heard that about physical injuries, like people with a bum knee or a bum hip or back from decades and decades ago and stem cells basically reverse that, but I haven't heard things like skin conditions. Yes. Psoriasis, eczema, like my gone. Psoriasis is really common. See people for psoriasis all the time and it's gone. So, so what is the electricity? Like physiologically, what's going on with stem cells? Is, is, are they communicating with your body or like what's going on there? I have, I wish I could tell you, I would be speaking out of turn like crazy if I did. I wish I could tell you, I would love to hear the explanation on it. I would love to hear it. He didn't give me any, I'll ask him. He didn't give me any explanation on it. Um, I've never heard anybody give an explanation on it. It's just something that happens, but it is full-blown electricity. It's pretty amazing how it works. Um, but yeah, it can fix all sorts of problems. Yeah, I, I'm, a, I'm a believer. I'm a believer in it now, but I had to experience it to believe it. But yeah, I definitely believe in it now. So did you have just one stem cell treatment? Yes, I, I just had one. I had one. I had 30 million cells dumped into me in an IV. 30 million. 
Yeah, so it's uh, one vial of cells is 30, it, it comes with 30 million cells. So what would be the impetus to do more than one treatment of, so, of stem cells like that? So we, you, the protocol like would normally call for you to do three treatments. Like we would do three treatments on you. So the difference is so like Dr. Reardon oversees it's the concentration of stem cells that he's giving you. So like a vial of stem cells here. So like a treatment for stem cell therapy here is about five to $6,000, right? Per treatment, right? So overseas, I believe Neil is charging $40,000 a treatment right now per, for, per treatment, right? Here's the thing. I can give you 300, he's giving you 300 million cells and he's charging you 40 grand. And the other place, wait, we give you, if, you, if 30 million cells cost you five or $6,000, right? Well, then I could give you 300 million cells. You're just going to have to pay for more cells, right? So that, that's really the difference is, is that he's able to, you know, because of where he's, because if he's doing it in South America and, and he's got facilities for it and, and has been on the forefront for it for two decades now, they've figured out the ways to, to ethically harvest and do this at a very reasonable cost. Probably not so reasonable for people he's billing, but reasonable for him as a practice uh, to make it extremely profitable. I mean, he's booked full at 40,000 a pop. And is this something, the stem cell treatments, is this something that you and your clinic utilize for anti-aging purposes? Or is it specifically just to treat injuries and, and health issues? It depends, you know, and I let the physician, I'll let, I'll, I'll let Dr. Perea kind of, he decides that that's done through the consultation. Just because you're like, I want, I want to do this. It doesn't mean you're a candidate. Just same thing with any therapy. Um, just see, because you're like, well, I feel like I should be on testosterone. We still have to qualify you. I still have to look at your symptoms. You still have to look at your lab work. We still have to look at all these different parameters to make sure that you're a good candidate for the therapy. Um, otherwise, you know, it's not, it's not good medical. Um, you're not doing good. You're not really doing good for people. So, you know, we'd let the physician thoroughly, um, understand what you're dealing with, the problems, your goals for sure with the treatment, and then kind of see whether it's a good, you know, whether it's going to be a good idea, good option for you. Gotcha. That totally makes sense. And yeah, we've got to wrap here soon, George, but are there any treatments that are coming up on the horizon or any new technologies that you have your eyes on uh, that you want to implement into your clinic in the near to near distant future? I'm always looking for new things, like especially non-invasive things, things like what you were talking about, like with the red light and how it was, you know, can boost testosterone levels, especially things that can complement each other. Uh, a lot of the therapies I have that complement each other, NAD with stem cells, testosterone with ipamorlin, samorlin, and even all of those together, they all, they all work really, really well together for regenerative medicine and anti-aging um, wellness. So Outside the box, um, not so, um, I mean, of course there's advancements. Um, there's a, a lot of new advancements with stem cells and things like that that we'll always be looking into, but it's a lot of the outside the box things that people have kind of um, not looked at because they're so used to traditional medicine. There were, there were a lot of believers in testosterone up until the last decade or so, you know, like, oh, you don't need that. No, you don't need that, you know? Uh, now people are starting to understand things more thoroughly. It's not, you know, 
I tell my staff this and I tell friends this too, or like experience things. I'm like, Hey man, it's not a badge of honor to feel horrible all day long. You know, like your, your window of time to straggle around on this planet is limited. So you might as well make the best of it. And um, so, yeah, we're always looking for, for new things, but again, it's that sometimes it kind of hits us and, and we're like, wow, that's, you know, that's really interesting. And again, some of the things I look at, I'm like, is that going to be a thing? Or is that like, just is it clever marketing especially when in some of the stuff that we treat when we're talking about ed i mean it's like the charlatans come out from the woodwork when it comes to oh yeah no this will help you with your sexual performance this will help you with this this will help you with this the charlatans come out in full force to try to take advantage of people so it's a lot of weeding through that stuff too totally that's just part that's just part of the industry medical wise anti-aging especially it's like everyone wants to get their hat in the ring so to say and a lot of it is just clever marketing with with not a lot of substance right uh george appreciate your time taking out of your busy schedule and um really appreciate the inside information that we talked about today i think everyone's going to really learn a lot and if anything get them curious about that cuz like you said there's a there's a large stigma around testosterone replacement therapy and stuff like that. Um, and I learned plenty about NAD and stem cells as well. So I appreciate your time. I appreciate your time as well. Thank you again, my friend. Yeah, no problem. And lastly, where can people find you or information about your clinic and the stuff that you offer? So they can head on over to atlantamensclinic.com. You know, uh, all the information is, is uh, very current on there. Uh, we're constantly updating things. Uh, that's one thing is that we're, because we're, we're, we're constantly looking for new treatments and and to adjust our protocols for even existing treatments where nothing is ever can always make things a little bit better and staying on the forefront with things. So when we do that, we're, we're, we're constantly changing the content so that our patients are aware of uh, what is going on with those services and treatments so that, you know, that they, they don't think that Oh, well, it's just the same as it's always been. They, they should see that there's advancements and that and that we're trying to stay on the forefront with that stuff for them. Sounds like you are and you're doing a good job. I appreciate it. Thank you. Hey, George, appreciate it. Everyone, hope you learned a lot uh, in this episode today and enjoy the rest of your week and or weekend. Take care. Thank you for listening to the Red Light Report. If you like what you heard today, Go ahead and leave us a review on iTunes and other podcast platforms to help spread the word so other people can learn about the many health, wellness, and longevity benefits of red light therapy. If you're looking for more educational content, check out our Instagram page at biolite.shop and our YouTube channel, Biolite. I'm Dr. Mike Belkowski, and I'll see you on the next episode.